0: The yeshiva.net Brooklyn, New York, not very far from here. And Shabbos, I would attend every week the Fabrengians of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And usually, I should say in most cases, there was a segment of his talk that was dedicated to one of the Maimorim of uh, Torah or, or the Torah of that Parsha. And he had a very interesting way of calling it. He would say in Yiddish, "He said, said, 'V'savertniz bayer,' as the ideas explained, in the Chasideh parsha from the Voch, and Lakut Teira Parshas Bamidbar, or T'orah Er Parshas Mikates, or T'orah Er Parshas VaYigash, or T'orah Er Chanuka, or Lakut Teira Pesach. Whatever it was, the title was the Chasideh Shaparsha, <laughs> meaning that it's really a. Uh, you have Chumash and Rashi, right? You can learn Chumash without Rashi." You have Chumash and Ramban, you have Chumash and, uh, Arachayim, Klaiokor, Sephardim, Rashbam, Balaturim, whatever Mufarshim, Chiskuni, Ebenezer, the classic, uh, commentators. You could learn Chumash without it, but you learn Chumash with Ramban, you learn Chumash with Rashi, you learn Chumash with Ebenezer, you learn Chumash with, uh, other Mufarshim. It's a different flavor. So the Torah Ud is really like the companion to the, to the Parsha, revealing the inner, inner dimensions, the soul, the existential, the the spiritual, the psychological, the emotional narratives that go on. So it's really an uh, accompaniment. So that's why, since we're that's why I'm saying as an introduction, since we're still in that narrative in the Parshias Vayeshev, Vayigash, So it's appropriate to learn that narrative from the from the perspective of the Balatanya and the world of Chassidus, which is articulated at least partially in Torah. So that's why I wanted to continue the mimer, and um, I'll give a—I uh, wanted to say a brief summary, but I'm chashud It's not good to begin the day with exaggerations, even if they're well-intended. But I just want to remind you what we spoke about, even though I think many of you remember it, and if not, you could review it in more in depth on the yeshiva.net and the Shurim that are posted from the first few shuram that we had. Before uh, Parsha, right, the end of Parshas Vayishlach it
1: was.
0: So the main theme that we discovered, that we learned, that the Balatanya taught us was, it's uh, the mimer of page 54, we're on, we're on page 55, Vayesha, is the significance of the first dream of Yosef. And what was the first dream of Yosef? that everybody is in the field and they're all binding sheaves, meaning they're taking stalks of grain that were harvested and making piles out of them, amarim, bundles, sheaves, which are called alumim, alumais. And what happens then is all of their sheaves, all of their sheaves, everyone is binding sheaves, so there's all of their sheaves in the field, but then Yosef's, Bundle stands up, and it not only stands up; vagamnit sava, it remains standing and erect. And the next scene is that every all the other sheaves turn towards his, and they prostrate themselves to the sheaf, which the brothers didn't see as just a. uh, You know, how many dreams do people have at night? Right, you have stranger dreams than uh, sheaves bowing down to you. We have stranger dreams. Nobody takes them so seriously, but they took them very seriously because for them, the dream was a reflection of what's going on in his mind, which is fascinating. People think that this is a psachidish of uh, the last uh, century of how much dreams can tell you about yourself, but the whole parsha's Vayeshev is based on the fact that they believe that Yosef's dreaming are just projections of very deep instincts in his soul, as they put it, Timlech Aleinu, Your real dream is to become a king over us, to rule over us, which only increases, as it says, their, their disregard, their disdain, their loathing of their brother. And the second dream brings it over the top. And uh, the significance here exists on many levels. But the que- obvious question is, why is the idea of kingship reflected in this particular dream. What is the meaning of this dream? You say, well, ma'al uh, Of course, on a pshat level, it's very uh, telling, eerily telling, because what will happen at the end is, people often don't realize the connections. I'm just going to point it out, that Yosef will become the greatest provider of grain of those sheaves to Egypt and to the whole Fertile Crescent, to the whole Middle East, and to his whole family. And basically, they will come and bow to him. But why will they bow to him? Only for one reason. Because what do they want from him? <laughs> what do you think they want from him? They want his grain, they want his sheaves. So people often don't realize that connection. It's not just they come to bow to him, and he's the king, and he's the viceroy, and he's a prime minister, and they need him. But it's all about the grain. Yosef is Mashbir Bar. He is the one who provides grain. And of course, grain comes from kernels which you extract from stalks which have come together in those sheaves so that dream it really is telling a story of history yeah we spoke uh we spoke uh on tishav about shirhamal's halach hazarin bedimah berina yatzar halach halach vavach nisa mashgar ba yavavrina nisa alomaisof the chapter of tellim speaking about the chapter of tellim which seems to be speaking about joseph ayinukhalem which is Yosef as the second Mayim of Vayasheav is a Yunukhelm, ends with the words, Noisay of the joy of the one who's carrying all the Alumais. So that already tells us the significance. It's not stamapsa, a dream about sheaves, but they could just, they could have dreamt that they bowed down to him. They didn't have his their sheaves bowing down to him. That's on one level. This is more on the level of, of Pshat, the straightforward story. And the Shvatim already had an inkling that there is a an ambition here for royalty, even though they couldn't interpret it well, and even Yosef couldn't interpret it well, and even Yaakov was just waiting, but he didn't know how it's going to play out, and certainly with what drama and intense pain it will play out. On a deeper level, which is still necessary, not only because we think we believe there's a deeper level, but even to understand the story of the source of the hate, And the disdain. And without understanding that, it's very hard to understand the whole story. Let's say somebody has such dreams. We all have brothers who have interesting dreams. We have sisters who have dreams. People have dreams. What's the expression in America? Dream on, right? You tell me that you had a dream yesterday, that I should give you a million dollars. I'll say, dream on. Then you'll tell me you had a dream I should sign the house over to you. I should give you my clothes. Fine. Fine. You have a dream. Go pursue it. But apparently they didn't see it that way. Somehow his dreams triggered something very profound that affected them deeply. The question is what it was. What it was on a deeper, on a deeper level, which also explains the significance of that dream. So what was the main point made? The main point made was he shifted focus to discuss as usual the cosmic conditioner of um, of reality the the the, the cosmic tr- the, the truths of reality and the way it affects every individual as well not just collectively but individually and that is that there was a process that everyone who faces life has to deal with and that process is called shviras Haqalem the shattering of the vessels and the metaphor that's brought here for the shattering of the vessels which is unique because Daltereba uses the term shraqalem often in marim, as some of you who learned more remember but he doesn't always give metaphors for it when he gives a metaphor here such an elaborate metaphor it's a, it's a historic revelation of pneumisata he didn't just give metaphors, it was a mood, I'm in a mood of giving a metaphor. Some people, they're in the moods of telling stories, giving metaphors, sometimes they're not in the mood. <laughs> that didn't play a role. It was when there was a certain revelation of godliness that could come through, it came out. And a marshal always brings it down to a lower level, that it can be applied to us. So the marshal that he gives for Sharia Sakelem really internal allows us to internalize it. And you remember the marshal. the marshal was from the words and letters. And the relationship. The example he gave was Baruch. Bez, reish, Vav, Chav are individual letters. But together they tell a story. And the story is blessing. He should be blessed. Baruch. Baruch Ata. you should be blessed. But the concept of blessing, that's what they tell. And when you hear that word, when somebody says the word Baruch, or you read the word Baruch, or you say the word Baruch, most people who are, their language skills have developed thank God, what they hear is not Bez, Reish, Vav, Chof. what they hear is blessing. Yeah. Baruch, that's what they hear, even though it comes from individual letters. But the overarching theme is expressed through the individual letters, not by the letters not being individual. Bez and Reish are not the same, they're different. If they would be the same, it would be Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba-Ba is also a message, but it's not Baruch. It's a different message. It would be a Ba-Ba-Meisa, Ba-ba. So, uh, but Baruch are individual letters, but the individuality is, it, they're, they're individuated, but they're not individualistic. You know the difference? Huh? They're individuated, but they're not individualistic. There's a very big difference between being an individual and being individualistic, which means you turn your individualism into a philosophy, which is really a result of pain, of loneliness. I guess I'm jumping a little bit ahead of myself. So the the baruch, they're individuated letters. They have to be. Like in a jigsaw puzzle, like in a symphony, like in limbs of a body, like in notes of a song. But all the notes, whether it's a C, a D, an F, a minor, an A, a B, what are they? They make up a song. They make up a niggin. And yes, the musician knows that there are different notes, but what we hear, what we hear, the musician and the layman alike is, we hear a song. It's Each note is just a reflection. It's a part of a whole. And in that sense, the individual note, like the individual letter, like the individual cell in a body, the 40 trillion cells that make up the human organism, 40 trillion, I think by now it's already 50 trillion. The numbers, I think, keep on going up. So... Each one is certainly individuated, but when you look at me, yeah, I think most people, you don't say, oh, I see 40 trillion cells. Oh, there's a cell. <laughs> when you're in the laboratory discussing cells, that's what you have to talk about. Just like if you're learning language, you say, oh, bays, reish, vav, chav. But in life, right, you don't look at your wife or your kids and say, which cell is talking to me now? Which cell of the 40 trillion? Sometimes it's an interesting experiment. But uh, there's a person. There's an Adam. Adam. There's a mensch. There's a mensch. And this is very important because in science you can get stuck on the details and lose the bigger picture. Which is a problem that some people have. They, in their intellectual rigorousness, they become foolish. You understand what I'm saying? Like You pluck out one detail and you're right. But you just, you, you miss the point. Like, technically, you're right.
2: Ah. An American say right? It's in the negative. You can't see the trees.
0: From the forest.
2: And that's the opposite.
0: Right. You can obsess on the tree. And you're right. Yeah, there is a tree. You can obsess on it. And it's important sometimes. If you're studying this tree, <laughs> you're trying to help it, you can't talk about the forest. But there's the concept of the forest. What happens with Sri Sakhalam is... The letters are fragmented. And now Bay's searching for an identity. It doesn't know that it's really part of Baruch. And it needs a replacement for its identity. And therefore, it confronts what we call today, Trauma. The language for Trauma in the Balatanya is Shvira Sakelem. Shvira. Trauma is Shvira. Shvira means brokenness. Brokenness is, I'm broken, But I can't even identify the brokenness. Because if I'm broken, I can identify it, even though I'm broken, but I know exactly what's going on. So I can look at the pain and try to correct it, or embrace it on some level, even with the grief that I can't correct it completely. But what if I'm broken and I don't know I'm broken? So now I create a philosophy that justifies the brokenness which of course only makes me more broken, because I remain etched in it. That's where trauma often is not just trauma, but it becomes so powerful in a person's life that their entire life revolves around it, without them even being aware of what's going on. A a therapist told me, he was listening to the shiurim, and I asked him what he took out of it. And he told me he took out of it that whenever he sees a patient with trauma, he deals with a lot of trauma, he should first understand that this patient is only experiencing more acutely what any sensitive person is experiencing. Confronting life, according to the Alter Rebbe, is confronting trauma. Everybody's confronting trauma. The only question is how well you cover it up. You know, how many coffees you drink in the morning to deal with it. But And the more spiritual... The more sensitive, the more you're aware of it. It's not the less you're aware of it. So the person who's experiencing trauma is just experiencing the truth of reality. Now, he may have been abused, yes. Or she may have been abused. They may come from a very dysfunctional home, or even from a functional home, but subtle things happen there that traumatize them. So there are so for them, Shvirasakalim, yeah, is more dramatic. It's more intensified trickle down in a more crass and dark level but really healing them is by understanding that you face you face the same loneliness you face the same trauma and their healing is helped by that tremendously essentially this was Yosef's secret Yosef who is a, uh, a most incredible figure faced what we would call today ultimate trauma, right? You would come to a therapist and they would say, So tell me about your life. Yeah. (laughs) My mother waited many years to have a baby. She finally gave birth to me. At the age of nine, she died when my brother was born. My brothers all hated my guts. Seventeen they kidnapped me. They threw me into a pit with snakes. How was that for a therapist to hear? They took me out. They sold me as a slave for life. I did well as a slave, and I was accused of, of violating a woman, and I was cast into a, another pit for 12 years. How was all this for self-confidence, for happiness?
2: Six
0: for sure. huh? And that really, can do it that can do it what's your diagnosis if if i give you if i give you a resume i want to know the diagnosis <coughs> anybody you, you you don't have to go to school for this i mean we all know the diagnosis of such a person yeah there's people they can't find the keys to their car and they're traumatized for the day the way they scream in the kitchen where the keys of the cars you would think their life is the most miserable life that ever lived yeah and then you compare it to their grandfather's life or their grandmother's life. and Like, really? You misplaced the keys to the car? <laughs> and, right? It's, it's, it's interesting. Perspective. But really, the person who goes crazy because he lost the keys to the car, he's not going crazy about the keys to the car. That's a smoke screen. There's something else going on. There's a frustration that he's not aware of. How does Yosef deal with all of this and with such emotional equilibria? And as I pointed out very often in classes that Yosef, and I heard this from the Rebbe, one of, I learned it every year, but you don't realize it. That in prison, he sees two people who are depressed and he says, Maduah Why are you so down? As though he's the most jolly, exciting, happy fellow. And he sees a butler and a baker depressed in prison. He says, why Why are you guys depressed? Well, what are they doing? Eating sushi at a bar mitzvah? What do you want them to do? Dancing? They're on death row, genius. What should they be doing? And what about Yosef himself? I mean, the man was the most broken person. So some people explain the story that he was very tough and harsh. But that's not a right reading of the story. And I'll tell you why. People who are traumatized by life and as a result become tough as a rock, they don't cry. They're very calculated. They become cold. They shut down their emotions to survive. In the whole Tanakh, nobody cries as many times as Yosef. That's very important in Tanakh. When somebody cries, you got to take note of it. Adam never cries. I'm sure he cried at some point. When Chava gave him klep to eat him, the Eitz Adas, it says she beat him up. He probably cried, but doesn't say. Avram cried once when Sarah died. I'm sure he cried other times, but we don't know about it. Noyach never cried. I'm sure when he saw that marble, he shed a tear. We do know he got drunk. (laughs) That we know, which uh, you can almost expect, right? Your whole world is destroyed. I know people who get drunk for smaller reasons than their whole world being destroyed. But uh, Avram cries once. Yitzchak never cries. Yaakov cries twice. He cries when he meets Rachel. And he cries when Yosef disappears. Yosef in Chumash cries seven times. That's unheard of in Tanakh. Not because people didn't cry, because the Torah doesn't record every time a person weeps. Every time he meets his brothers who hated him, he starts crying. He just runs to the other room. He's constantly crying. What? Why Why does he always say that he's crying? Why does he say? He's the opposite of that image that they used to call some of us crybaby. You remember? Crybaby, crybaby. He's the prime minister of the superpower. He ain't no crybaby. He's a very ambitious, successful, handsome, powerful, calculated, successful, brilliant leader. He's no, uh, spineless pushover. He takes every opportunity and he turns it into, he takes every crisis and he turns it into opportunity. He takes every obstacle and he turns it into a blessing. He takes every crisis and he turns it into a springboard. You see it constantly. He can't get out of prison, but he does whatever he can. Like oil, he rises to the top. Mamish. Somebody sent me an email, a, a little cute anecdote, anecdotal story that there was a fellow who uh, had a donkey, and the donkey fell into a deep pit, and the donkey couldn't get out, and he couldn't get the donkey out. So he asked people to come help, but nobody was interested. So he was left there with the donkey, and the donkey was never crying deep in the pit, and hours went, the donkey was hungry and thirsty and exhausted and scared, and he was scared. Then he thought to himself, well, he's going to late left this donkey starve and just die from dehydration and exhaustion and despair. At least he'll he'll, 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 he'll bury it and he'll he'll cause it to die fast. Stop breathing, he'll die. So he takes the shovel and he starts pouring sand down And and more and more and more and more and more and more. And then he realizes something. The donkey gets this whole pile of sand on it, shakes it off, and steps on top of it. And every time he threw the sand, the donkey shook off the sand, stepped on it, until the donkey came out of the pit, the more sand filled up, filled up, filled up, came out. So the person wrote that in life, there's always people who take shovels, and take gravel and dirt, and throw it on you. Now you have a choice what to do with it. Either you could say, they're burying me alive, and I'm going to allow that to happen. Or... You shake it off. <laughs> like we say in Khadaidi. Hisnari. You remember? Hisnari may offer kumi. That's You see, khadaidi could be therapeutic. Middafish in the Gansavelt. Hisnari may offer. Shake yourself up from the, from the offer. And kumi. Stand up. And then what can you do? Lift she big day khami And then put on beautiful clothing. But The Itzahara always gets you by your clothing, by showing you how dirty you are. But to shake myself off from the offer is not easy, because it's all on me. I look in the mirror, I'm so dirty. The ability to say, I'm not dirty, I'm going to shake myself off. And now, step two is, you use the gravel and the dirt and the earth and the filth as a stepping stone, pun intended, to emerge from the pit. So that your enemies... <laughs> actually helped you. The classic example for that person, the classic example for that life is Yosef. Every time somebody threw more offer on him, the first thing is, he never internalized it. The second thing is, he used it as a stepping stone. Which is why he remains alive, alert, and even grateful. To the point that when his brothers think he's going to take revenge after his father's death, he tells them, What does he tell them? He says, you you thought you are going to kill me. You wanted to harm me. It was really a springboard for unbelievable success. But not because he didn't feel pain. Not because it felt good being in a pit. Never feels good being in a pit. That's why he weeps. His emotions remain intact. But... He uses it as, as a catalyst for tremendous growth. And one wonders, how do you do that? How do you really, really do that? He meets his brothers. He reveals his identity and his first words to them is, don't get depressed. For him, it's never an issue. I'm not depressed. You don't get depressed. Really? They're the perpetrators. And he says, because you didn't sell me, God sold me. You didn't send me, God sold me. I'll pee the teachings of the Balatanya what Yosef really understood was something incredibly powerful. And that is what he faced with his brothers is not... You see, we look at our stories and we say, I have been... Those of us, those sitting in the room or, or watching or will watch or here here," and they look at their stories and they clearly see the injustice, the cynicism the corruption, the evil, the abuse. Yosef saw all that. Yosef saw all that. But then he saw one more thing. He saw Shvirah Sakelem. What does Shvirah Sakelem do? Shvirah Sakelem means that the story of life is confronting the darkness and the void and the trauma of separation. Separation from what? Separation from what? This is maybe one of the greatest teachings of the Al Rebbe. Essentially, who are you? You are the light of infinity in the world. You're one with infinity. Infinity is everything. I'm the Beis, you're the Resh, you're the Vav, you're the Chaf. That's just four, but it's endless. Every cell, every atom, every molecule, every genome, Every quark, every electron, every neutron, on a smaller level, on 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 a micro level, on a macro level. Every creature, every moment in time, every moment in space, certainly every soul. It's a light of the infinite, which is why we're all one, even though we're different. It's why we're always powerful, confident, wholesome, and infinite. That's who we are but it doesn't feel that way why because god made truth sakel god made truth wisdom doesn't change the truth it changes the perception of the truth that's the key it changes the perception of the truth and we all know perception is everything mm-hmm. <laughs> right reality doesn't matter perception of reality yeah a couple comes into therapy and you tell the wife but it's not true or the husband says it's not true or the wife says it's not true it's almost irrelevant until 2 years of working on themselves to be able to see somebody else's perspective reality becomes irrelevant when your perception is the opposite that becomes reality some people even like to argue that there's no reality the post the postmodern existentialist will tell you there's no such a thing as reality everything is perception okay that's uh, there's a reason for that argument and there's a legitimacy there's a depth to it but I'm not gonna, I'm not here to refute that or validate it at the moment. The point is, Shreer becomes the default perception of reality, yeah? How is
1: the Yosef's dream confronting the situation? <coughs> if the uh, brothers remain separate, they bow to him, they're not putting his, their chiefs
0: together. Excellent question. Excellent question. What's, uh, with, what, where is, he says this was Yosef's dreams. The first part of the dream. The first part. Ma'alme <laughs> alumim. Our job as Jews, as children of Yaakov, is one thing. To take individual individual stalks and bring them together. To reveal the inherent cosmic oneness. What is a Jew? A Jew is the human being who wakes up in the morning and protests, protests the lie of fragmentation. A Jew is the person who wakes up in the morning and says, Echad, Hashem Echad. In other words, it's a daily battle for transcendent oneness. That is Judaism in a nutshell. What is Judaism? The daily battle to reveal the transcendent oneness. First, within yourself. You are infinity. You are a manifestation of ain't Sof in this world. Through your individual path, and it doesn't contradict me. No one can ever undermine somebody else. Your success never undermines my success. On the contrary, it's like Bayes turning to Resh and saying, stop being so different, look like me. <laughs> Reish says, we're not a competition, don't you get it? We're trying to bring blessing into this world. You do it through Bayes, you do it through it. All jealousy comes from Shvera Sakelum. All jealousy is, I don't know my own infinities. I think if I have your looks, your car, your job, your money, your success, your brains, I'll be successful. When we talk about jealousy superficially, it's like, oh, it's such a bad middah. You're so stingy towards other people. No, that's not the problem of jealousy. Jealousy is your, <laughs> you hate yourself, you don't hate somebody else. People who are wholesome are not Jealous. Now, we're not wholesome. We have Shvera Sekalim. We get jealous. We all get jealous. I don't know, we all get jealous, but some of us get jealous. Yeah. The Gemara says in Shabbos, people who get jealous, their bones rot away. So people think it's like a punishment. Your bones are going to rot away. It's really a prediction of reality. It means, the version of the Gemara is that your nir Kovim, your etzem is rotten. The etzem, a bone is etzem. You don't know about your, your etzem. You think it's the suit... If I can have his suit, if I can have his watch, if I can have his marriage, if I can have his house, if I can have his plane, if I can have his yacht. If you can get yourself a private plane, it's very good to have a private plane. <laughs> Not waiting on security lines in the airports is certainly a wonderful thing. <laughs> There's no question. There's certain things a person may have and you look and you say, you know, I would like to have it. Okay. But jealousy is a different kind. Jealousy is not I learn from you. I admire you. I want to emulate you. That's not jealousy. That's good. You should try to emulate people that you look up to and aspire and learn from them. Jealousy is when you become the source of my, uh, embitterment. I'm suddenly projecting my own, my own issues on you. You become the problem. Why? Because I don't know who I am. All loneliness, all loneliness, isolation. I'm misunderstood in this world. No one understands me. I'm alone. How can I feel I'm alone? Because the base is floating in the air, looking for an identity. Now, here is the key. What is Avodah Hashem? What does it mean to serve God? Isaac, you with me? What does it mean to serve God? So, for me, at least today, the best definition of Avaidas Hashem that I have ever experienced or heard Maybe tomorrow I'll have another one, but I'm talking about today. Is Avaidas Hashem means doing the work or even thinking the thoughts that bring you closer to your oneness, to your infinity. What's the antithesis of Avaidas Hashem? That HaShem is creating a substitute, a substitute from my oneness to compensate for my pain of brokenness. Does anything I say makes doesn't make sense? Well, you want me not to say it again?
2: Didn't
0: stay enough. You hear the question? He wants to know. He thought Avodas Hashem is God related, and suddenly I'm giving a <laughs> excellent question. That's the kind of how you define God. <laughs> We often define Avaidas Hashem, if you'll forgive me for being blunt, in pagan ways. God is some statue, right? And you wake up in the morning and you serve Him. Well, we don't believe in statues. We believe in uh, whatever. Ablad Gemara, Ashachris, Aminche. But it's still a statue. The statue has different names. It's not a physical statue. An idea. We worship ideas. We worship certain behaviors. Avaidas Hashem. Now, don't take me wrong. A blad gemara is part of Avaidah Hashem. And Tavening Shachis is essentially But what is it? What is it about the gemara or the shachis or the men? That's what I mean. What is it? So does it have to do with God? Depends on how you define God. We're defining God here as the oneness that encompasses all reality that we're all part of. So Avaidah Hashem means I'm doing the work that brings me closer to that place. And it's not always easy work. Whether I'm eating or drinking, sleeping, or involved in any activity, in business, on the phone, answering emails, dealing with telephone bills, dealing with a doctor, right? Buying clothes. Whatever. I'm either advocating and advancing the cause of oneness, or... uh or digressing, digressing and creating a substitute for oneness. That's the key difference. Either I'm 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 promoting more Shvirasakelam by finding a substitute to fill the void of loneliness, of the trauma that comes from the separation of infinity. That's called sasha. And by definition, I'm going further away from myself. And whenever you go further away from yourself, you're You're uh, progressing towards alienation. Is it a little clearer? What is Avodah Hashem? Avodah Hashem means anything I'm doing that promotes and helps me re-experience or come closer to oneness, including acknowledging the brokenness, which also brings you closer to oneness. Because there's nothing that brings you closer to oneness like saying, I'm so hurt that I'm separated from you. (laughs) You're not going to get too many things that will bring you closer to oneness, Right? when you can tell somebody I'm so hurt and I'm separated from you, you're pretty close. <laughs> Even though you're separated, you're pretty close. And in Al-Turab, it's all in one posse. Mi Amcha Yisrael go'y echad ba'aretz. Ata You're one. Talk about God. You're one. But not you're one. Your name is one. That you're one, okay, I don't know you. What about your name? Your name is your manifestation, your projection, your energy. The world is your name, right? A musician leaves his name through his music. An architect leaves his name through his mansions. Uh, A a literary genius leaves his name through his literature. A politician leaves his name, for good or for bad, (laughs) through his political maneuverings, being impeached, not being impeached, whatever it is etc. diplomat leaves his name through his legacies in terms of diplomacy. God's name is the world. Veshimcha, your name is also Echad. It's all Echad. But nothing looks Echad. The whole world is based on the opposite of Echad. Umicha amcha Yisrael goi Echad ba'aretz. So why is there a Jew? This is the nation that's responsible and capable of revealing the Echad ba'aretz. That's all of Yiddishkeit. All of Yiddishkeit is that, and it's a, it's. Sometimes I'm in a Sometimes I'm not. But that's what Avodas Hashem is. Avodas Hashem is I can identify the trauma of existence and confront it. How do I confront it? By looking at it and saying, I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. But there's a deeper, vibrating truth in my core and in your core that I'm going to fight for. And now you're fighting for your real self. The base, instead of running further and further and further, and then looking at the reish, and because the reish is causing it so much pain, because they're really supposed to be together, what does it do? It says, I'm never going to look at you again. Because <laughs> the base thinks, if I don't see the reish, I'll be happy. <laughs> right? It's like the father who tells his son, I'm not your father anymore. Why does he do it? Because his son is causing him too much pain. If I'm not your father anymore, right? So it's like telling your hand that has an infection, I'm chopping you off and we're good. And if you could just get rid of your hand and your leg and cut out your heart while you're at it, you're good. The only problem is then you have to call the Hever Kaddish. Because you're not good. Amputation is very serious. You don't amputate. And there's phantom pain also after amputation. Because the brain didn't register that he's not your child. Because it's not real. It's not real. Mm-hmm. I was not long ago in uh, a particular community in the U.S. and I spoke at and, Ashul, and I said this, I didn't say this, but I said something connected to this. Connected to the uh, issue. Father came over to me afterwards and he told me one of the I hear, in my life, I hear sometimes heartbreaking things. But this was heartbreaking in its honesty. And in the, there's a book I once read, it's titled The Pity of It All. It's about German Jewry, the glorious era of Jews in Germany, and how it ended. So the person titled it The Pity of It All. Like, The Pity of It All. Because they were doing so well in Germany. Um, I was an Israeli professor. In any case, so this is what I thought, the pity of it all. This fellow told me, he's probably a man that looked like 65, 66, somewhere there. He told me that 30 years ago he had a boy, teenager, who left Yiddishkeit, struggling with Yiddishkeit, Mm -hmm. and he went to some people to consult rabbis, and they said, you throw him out of the house. There's no way. You teach him to throw him out of the house and tell him you will not talk to him again ever until he does, until he comes back. And he said, I was a, a, a fresh baltruve. And I know a rabbi gives advice. You know, he knows everything. So uh, there's nothing he doesn't know. I didn't ask questions. My instincts weren't comfortable, but that's why you have a rabbi. You have a rabbi to tell you not to follow your instincts. So that's what he did. And he said, I never spoke to my son since, 30 years. His son married a non-Jew, built a life for himself, and he never spoke to him in the last 30 years. And then he says, "But there's another part of the story that nobody knows, that I have not slept in 30 years. He says, I have had not one night of sleep in which I woke up wholesome. I wake up constantly with... Inner regret. And he turned to me and he said, why couldn't you be here 30 years ago to give the speech that you gave today? Because that was the topic of my speech about separating from your family. That, those were the words he told me. You think about this. And the man, he was, Mama's trying to do what God wants. He was not, he was not trying to be cruel. He's not a cruel. I saw he's an idler person. He was sobbing, sobbing when he told this to me privately after Shalashudas. He was an adler person. He was trying to do the right thing. I'll tell you even further, and I know some of you don't like when I say it, even the rabbis were trying to do the right thing. I don't know who the rabbis were. I'm not suspecting that they were cruel and sadistic. They were teaching him what they knew, maybe based on their own children, maybe based on their own fathers, maybe based on their own teaching. The tragedy here was that it was a... uh, no, I, I I try not to be judgmental. They were acting probably in the best faith they knew. They th- Maybe when their father screamed at them when they were 16. If you don't do this, so you're not welcome. And they go, okay, Tati, I'm back. Right? And they thought you throw your kid out of the house. And he comes back a week later. Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem, ashalom. right? Yeah. I had a classmate. His father would beat him. And after the beating, his father would tell him, and now kiss my hand because you'll thank me for what I did to you because I disciplined you, yeah? You understand? So it's enough levels of abuse. So I'm not judging anybody, but the the tragedy here was, the tragedy here was that separation became the way of dealing with the trauma of the pain. Here's the key of Yosef. You never do that. You never ever do that. You have to understand Shveris HaKalim before you heal it. The worst thing is to deny it. What was Yosef's greatest power? He always understood this about life. So what happens with my brothers, what my brothers did was, they just did, and again I'm going to say it bluntly, they just did what God did with the world. My brothers just did it in a in, 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 a, in a cruel way. In other words, they put me in the situation where the regular Shvirus Akalem was, um, uh, exasperated. It was, uh, unexpanded. It was magnified dramatically. I don't have a family now. I'm in a prison. I'm a slave. These are big words. But the moment he can attach his own trauma, to the trauma of existence. You know what happens then?
2: Increases. Huh? It minimized,
0: it's not it's not it's, I don't I wouldn't call it minimized. Minimized. What happens then? what happens when you can align your own trauma with the trauma of existence with Shriasakela? Something happens. Something very profound. The pain doesn't go away. Huh? Much more than much more than acceptance. Huh? What you realise is that you what you have to confront now is the purpose of creation. It's essentially you're not some tragic misfit who had this bad mazel in life and ended up the loser of losers. What you're dealing with is essentially the purpose of life. I'll quote Rab Nachman in Likutei Maharan for the few Breslovich Hasidim who are here with us today, who probably know it, but he puts it very powerfully. Rab Nachman of Breslov writes that Arizal teaches that the world comes from Tzimtzum. Tzimtzum is a void, which means God's self-suspension, darkness. That means, just the, the way he phrases it, He says, looking at the world, what are you looking at? You're not looking at light. You're looking at darkness. Because the origin of the world is the absence of infinity, darkness. And the ability and the purpose of that is to be able to look at it and say, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to discover light here. I'm going to discover the infinity here. I'm going to look at it, see it for what it is, And I'm going to transform this to light. Or the Balatanya puts it in many places. The beginning of creation is not based on God's expression. It's based on Mm shviris It's based on a brokenness. That's the origin of creation. So to be created, what does it mean to be alive? We look at being alive... What does it mean to be alive? To be alive means to be happy, to be successful, to be good. That's not what it means to be alive. (laughs) That it means what means not to be alive. (laughs) And I don't mean to be pessimistic on the kind. What it means to be alive is one thing: the courage to confront the trauma of separation from infinity. That's what it means to be alive. (laughs) That's what it means you're feeling the heartbeat of life. You're feeling the truth of life. Truth of life is that there's oneness, there's infinity. The experience of life is that there's everything but oneness and infinity. To live life means to align your reality with the truth of reality and to be able to see that in every experience. To be able to look at that pain of Sri Sakelem and say, and my base is going to go back to that Resh. It's a protest against fragmentation, against war, against violence, not just, obviously, physical violence, but even the violence of, of within yourself, the volcanoes that teach you that you're shattered, that you're separated, that you're broken. It's a protest against that. When you're in touch with that, you're now alive. You have looked at the abyss. Yosef understood if you're, now Nietzsche said, what happens when you look at the abyss for too long? Right? Anybody knows what happens when you look at the abyss for too long? Huh? Huh? Well, he put it, it starts looking back at you. <laughs> you understand? It starts looking back at you. That's if you just look at the abyss. But if you look at the abyss and you know that under the perceived abyss there is your work to heal the brokenness, then what looks back at you is oneness. And really every moment of the day you make a choice between these two paths. Every day. Every moment in in, in thousands of different ways. How I eat. How I eat. I can eat with the awareness of shvirus HaKelim. Or I can eat, like some of us do, to run away from the pain of Shveris HaKalem. We call it binging. <laughs> what do you think binging is? Why am I addicted to food? Why am I addicted to alcohol? Why am I addicted to gas? Get- why? Why Why am I checking the phone every three minutes? Halavai, every three seconds. Even Shabbos, people hear the vibrations on their pants. You know that, right? It's phantom pain, I call it. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain doesn't know that it's Shabbos. Your brain is still... because you expect There's no other... What, what, what is it all? It's all distraction. What is it a distraction of? What is it a distraction of? So yeah, it may be I'm pressured because whatever, I have to pay tuition. But if you go further, 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 it's all one onion. Shreya The moment I could look at that and confront that and say, that's why I'm here. If that's why I'm here, so now I have my individual traumas. You have your individual traumas. It could be your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your genetic makeup, your personality disorders, a mental challenge, an illness, financial crisis, your emotional makeup, your genetic makeup, your nature, your nurture, and another thousand or million factors of your life. And then those who were experienced abuse, physical, sexual, emotional, etc., So I have my individual deep loneliness. But what Yosef did at that moment was, he aligned that with the cosmic loneliness. And when he woke up in the morning and he felt that trauma, I'm a loser? This is what creation is about. This is what God is. There's nothing else. This is the only thing that makes God meaningful. If God exists, it means one thing. What does it mean? doesn't mean there's a big bully in heaven who can kill you. If God exists, it means one thing. It means that the trauma is an invitation, not a destination. That my darkness is an invitation, not a destination.
1: It saying that
2: someone who someone who went through traumatic went through the isolation of trauma really lost the ability to live inside the illusion of connection. Right. Somebody who's Hasn't gone through severe trauma, could still live inside this denial of connection. Right. But it's still true that she is a child.
0: It's not a child. Of course. It's true. But there's a message here. There's a calling here. And the person who experienced trauma, right, and the therapist said it, not me, in many ways is more... Attuned with the shvira, he can't look at sponge cake and say, "You know, Judaism is great. We have sponge cake." He he needs the truth because he's been broken. Which is why I have a personal minig when I meet broken people, who's not broken, right? When I meet broken people who know that they're broken, (laughs) that's what I meant. I always tell them, when you will have the courage to confront your brokenness, you will become the greatest blessing for humanity. Only you, only you. Because you will have been forced to confront that loneliness and find wholeness. So you can then become a beacon of light, an ambassador of hope for countless people. When you will become who you're supposed to become, you will set the world on fire. I think I did it on one of the Hanukkah videos. You will literally, you will set the world on fire. That's what Yosef did. This doesn't come without a lot of crying. (laughs) Yosef didn't wake up in the morning, hey, life is wonderful, I love these pits. Throw me into another prison. Solitary confinement for 12 years would be awesome. We're not talking about that. The man cried, he cried, and he cried. He cried. But he never, ever surrendered to despair. He never, ever became this victim of self-compassion. Look what a nebach loser I am. Because that would be the moment when what would happen? That would be the moment when he would give trauma or anti-Semitism or hatred or abuse its ultimate victory. You wanted me to be lonely? Here I am, nebach, case that I am. And he would not do that. From an inner place he wouldn't do it. Do we have moments when we want to do it? Of course. That's Shvirasakalam. We have those moments. And that's the point. Don't get don't get Nispal from it. You're feeling broken? Of course. The whole world is broken. (laughs) You're just feeling truth, man. (laughs) You're feeling the truth. Not everybody's feeling the truth. Good for them. Good for them. You you're just feeling the truth of existence. Yes, it's sad why you're feeling it. And the guy who did it to you, because he's not trying to help you with the uh, figure out a mime and parches vayeshuv. If he would, the truth is he is, but he doesn't know he is. On his, from his own perspective, he's a mazik. He's a rasha mirusha. That's true. Because he's completely broken himself. Right? But, for a moment, don't think... That your brokenness is some random mutational error and bad luck of how your cookie crumbled. Take that and align it, and understand that you are now experiencing the truth of life. What does this mean? This means that the greatest tzaddik, the most wholesome person, the most wholesome person, the one who perceives God in the world is also confronting brokenness. Because that's what it means to be alive. That's what it means to serve God. That's what it means to be in touch with the heartbeat of creation. There was a What's their akelem.
1: Huh?
0: Good question. But if they don't feel it, they can't help anybody else. What their brokenness is, Their brokenness is the deepest brokenness. It's brokenness at its core. Their brokenness is deeper than anybody else's. You know why? Because when they look at abuse, they see the core of it. So it becomes even more broken. And because their brokenness is deeper, it also allows them to heal from it in a deeper way. That's the paradox. The deeper the brokenness... Which means, the more the brokenness is aligned with the real brokenness, with the cause of it all, the more you can heal it. So, their brokenness may not be the brokenness of a of a family situation, or or, or they may have had wonderful blessings, but it's 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 a completely different type of brokenness. It's the core of it. The core of it is what allows for abuse. What allows for somebody to take a child and use a child, or use anybody? What allows for it? What allows for somebody to stab somebody else? We talk about current events. What allows for war? What allows for murder? We're talking now here about the evil in the most heinous way, right? What allows for bloodshed? A person comes and pulls a trigger and murders somebody in Jersey City. What allows for it? So I'm not, I'm not discussing what the New York Times says allows for it. Or what a therapist says allows for it. This guy is schizophrenic. Everybody, by the way, is mentally ill. Whoever hates Jews is mentally ill. So really, they're all innocent. They just didn't take their meds that morning. Yeah. Somehow, a lot of people I know who take meds, they don't take their meds in the morning. They don't go murdering people, even though they didn't take meds. They're miserable. They machen sich They make They but they don't, don't murder people. <laughs> But if you're an anti-Semite, you don't take your meds? Murder, just murder. I know a lot of autistic people. I know schizophrenic people. I know people with Asperger's. I know people on the spectrum. And they don't go into schools and kill 26 children, even though they have their autistic. Because mental illness doesn't, mental, mentally ill people are often the most sensitive people in the universe. If you know people who struggle with mental illness, you will see they're the most sensitive and spiritual people in the world. Which science hasn't reached that yet. One day science will show that spiritual sensitivity and mental illness are very connected. But it's not for today. It's a separate sugya. It's really all connected with Sri Sakalam. But what, how did I get into this? I got, I need to connect my base and my resh. (laughs) How do we get into this? Oh, what's the, what allow, what allows for this? Right? Go back. What allows you to take your brother and throw him into a pit? What allows you to take your brother and throw him into a slave, to make him a slave? What allows you to take an innocent boy seventeen, who you know you were trying to violate him, he never violated you, and throw him in prison? What allows for all this? Potiphar's wife and everyone else who played a role. Yeah, Yosef didn't get stuck on them. Yosef said, "Wait, wait, wait. What allowed my brothers to do this? And what's the real answer?" <laughs> What do you think allowed for it? Go back to the cause. Cause, 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 cause. What's the ultimate cause of it?
1: Fragmentation.
0: Shvir <laughs> Fragmentation. On two levels. First of all, I'm not one with you. And I'm not one with myself. I'm broken, Nebuch. And somehow your death or your abuse will give me something. They
2: didn't have true connection because they had different mothers.
0: Okay. Well, you and I also have different mothers, and I don't throw you into pits.
1: Okay.
0: What allows you to do that? What allows you is a fragmentation. So Yosef said, wait, wait, wait. I'm not going to deal with symptoms. I'm going to deal with the core. You understand what Yosef said? I'm not going to deal with symptoms. Potiphar's wife did this to me. I'm not going there. Of course, I'm going there. I have to know what happened. He he did he did tell people he was innocent. But I'm not going to get stuck in that place because they're all just playing out Shvera Sakelem. What does Yosef do instead? Yosef goes to the core. He looks at it. And he says, aha, this is where it's all at. So now I have one question. Is there meaning to life or no? Is there oneness in life or no? Is there light behind the abyss? Is there somebody behind the curtain? Is there is there light beyond the tzimtzum? Is there wholeness within the shv- in the caleb? Are the kelim really broken, or it's just a separation for me to bring back? That's the one question you have to answer. The moment Yosef answered that question, it didn't minimize the pain, but now. They're just playing it out in different ways. And my job here is not to be part of the problem, but part of the solution. And he did this so well, that when Pare married him off, who did Pare marry him off to? Asnas, the daughter of potiphar So who became Yosef's shvigar? The woman who cast him into prison for 12 years. Now how is that as a shvigar? You think you have issues with your mother-in-law? you think you have issues with your mother-in-law? She comes to orphans, I'm not talking about my mother-in-law, she's at Sadekas. I'm talking about your mother-in-law. Yosef went right back in the house. It's called the house of abuse. He went right back there. How can you do that? You're de- dealing with a person who worked through his stuff. Wow. He can go back and look his mother-in-law in the eyes as the Prime Minister of Egypt. Maybe there was a little sweet revenge over there. <laughs> now Paitifar was under him. <laughs> his shver was working in his business. He wasn't working for his shver's business. So Yosef didn't come back as a lemachel, as, as a little sh- uh, sheep. He came back as a powerful person. But he marries her daughter. <laughs> he marries her daughter. To tell you, Apoelah shavart from the Gary Rebbe, the Pnei Menachem, the Pinchas Menachem Alter was the son of the Imre Emes. This is a classic Hasidic. This is what you call a Polish word, meaning a word that comes from the branches of Polish Hasidim. It's not a Chabad word, but it's a Polish of art because it's a different genre. You'll see right away. The Pnei Menachem said, "How did our Machshefe, like Poitifar's wife, raise such a girl like Osnaz to become a shech for Yosef?" How how does such a happen? When you have a woman who's a a mahshaf, a lowlife, you see it in the kids. The apples fall far from the tree, but not too far from the tree. Asnas becomes from all Egyptian women, Asnas. So the Rebbe said Real <laughs> He said that when Yosef ran away, what happened? He left his cloak. He says, you see what a kapote of a tzaddik,
2: <laughs>
0: a kapote from a tzaddik in a the Osnas grew up with the begot from Yosef a tzaddik. the sartuk was over there hanging. He says, that changed the house. Ganz git, huh? For you, it doesn't work, because for you kapotes are trauma. We know that. For good reason, I understand. But the Pnei the Geri Rebbe was a Eid and he, uh, big, uh, not just he was a very special man. He was saying, "The garment of a tzaddik is something special. There's a gdusha there. There's a there. Don't try to apply it to the kapotas that you know. I got it. You have to know shvir <laughs> I know not every kapota is the kapota from Yosef Remember also that this beged was a begad of Masiris nefesh. This amani. It wasn't a kapote. It was a kapote of Messias Nefesh. He went to jail for this kapote, right? I don't know that it was a kapote. It could be it was a kittel. I don't know what it was. But it was a psabeged. It was a cloak. So the moment Yosef can go back to that place and confront it, it didn't take away anything, but it gave him the perspective and the courage to be able to look at a situation and say what his father said many years before. What did his father say? God is here, even if I don't know. Literally means, I didn't know. But it also means, even if I don't know how. I can't figure it out. Yosef couldn't figure it out. How is God in prison? How is God here? How is God here? It doesn't look like it. It's a real prison. It's not a fake thing, You understand, Isaac? It's not fake. It's real. If it was fake, then this whole thing would be fake. It's real. this brokenness here. I'm broken. And yet, goy echad ba'aretz. What's pshat to be a Jew? To reveal the echad. That's the first part of the dream. We gather stalks and we turn them into Oneness. What does it say on the American dollar? E pluribus unum. unum. From many, many, we make one. Okay, when you take out a dollar, (laughs) 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 that you have to have mazel. That you have to have mazel. If you invest with certain people, yeah, for many dollars, one. Yeah, they say there was a store in Borough Park once where it had a sign: "In God We Trust." Everyone else pays cash, right? So when you look at the American dollar, when you look at the American dollar, you could learn a lot. First of all, "In God We Trust," and second of all, "From Many One." And if you have those two ideas, you're doing pretty well. Okay, we'll have a share tomorrow. tomorrow? Yeah, seven o'clock tomorrow. Blina, oh, yeah. Everybody have a wonderful and. Unified day. No, no, I'm going to announce about that.
1: Beautiful. So, Beautiful. Is it, Beautiful.
0: His machsava,
1: his...
2: his di-
0: no. His machsava, Dibur Maisa. You're saying, Godim is machsava, Dibur Maisa. So the Levushim and Tanya. Very good. you saying, Asnas, as a child, saw Yosef in action. So how Yosef benched, how Yosef Davin, how Yosef said Krishna. Very good. That's probably what he really meant, the Geri Rebbe. <laughs> in other words, that Yosef's energy was in the house. She looked at the room where Yosef would sit and meditate and she said, ah, this is a good place to hang out. Yeah, I know. The Medrash says that it was a daughter of Dina. I'm just saying the the Pshat of the pesukim.
1: Yosef found
0: out by uh she showed him a big thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yom- when they threw they did a ticker they prayed. Uh, yeah. They threw it all on Yosef. <laughs> <laughs> Moshe's it's not possible ever to be mad at
2: anyone no matter how bad it is. Excellent. But that's we but the
0: reality is. No. When you live with this it's not the reality. You hear what he says? He says, according to this, you don't get mad at anybody. He says, but it can't be. It could be. How do you live? You live a happy life. It's true. These were Eden who were happy people. That's how they lived. Oh, no. No, this is not naivete. Yosef protected himself. Yosef, it turned out good. It turns out with everybody good. It may just not be you become the Prime Minister of Egypt, but you don't want to be the Prime Minister of Egypt, do you?
2: <laughs> it turns out with everybody good. Of course.
0: It's a perspective. You don't have to be mad at people to be Jewish <laughs> and to be alive. You can be alive without being mad at people.
2: You don't have to be their friend. You, you don't have
0: to be like if someone someone there, let's say, puts you. In- you have to protect yourself, of course. It was, it's not about not protecting yourself. That's why we have. That's why we have security in shul. You have to protect yourself. We do. We do have. It's possible that Yosef had bad days. That's the point. Sad days, then up. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a different sadness. It wasn't. He didn't allow himself to go into a sadness. Of uh, victimization,
2: you understand? Yeah, I understand.
0: Even if he did, he could look at it and say that's from the shvira. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, Avada! You don't. get. You that space. Of course, twenty, thirty, forty. We're talking the perspective we all have. The, do we always live with this? that's why we daven every day. I said last time we were learning that davening is a daily, why do you daven every day? You daven once a year is already too much for most Jews. Yeah? Three times a day. Because by us, davening, again, the same words. Here we go. Really, what's davening? Davening is not about this word or that word. Davening is a, Paradigm shift of consciousness. You wake up in the morning, and you're saying, "I'm protesting the appearance of the world as a fragmented, lonely, broken place." The whole psukah de zimra just keeps on saying that, and it's not easy. <laughs> That's why that says in the Kedatir Davani used to be short, and then Chazal expanded it. Why they expanded? It? it was really a longer meditation. So by us, the expansion is just okay. So it takes longer. <laughs> it takes longer to get your tefillin off. But really, yeah, and and people have to heal with this, but really if a person sees davening as an opportunity for meditation, every chapter of davening is really a invitation into a deeper form of consciousness. Dalton Rebbe says a Jew after davening is not the same Jew before davening. <laughs> you say, really? Who's he talking about? Who's not the same person after davening? <laughs> the same guy. He checked his phone before davening, in the middle of davening, and after davening. He is mensch. But the truth is, even if he manages every morning to evoke this perspective for a few seconds, he's already a different person when he comes home. Yeah, he comes home and he encounters a child, comes to the encounters a challenge, comes to the office, and this he's already a different person. He's a, he's a different man. He's in a different place. He's in a state of of differentness. Dealing with a client, dealing with 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 a, with a customer. Dealing with his spouse, dealing with a stranger, dealing with his parents, dealing with a ch anybody. With your, with your brother-in-law, who's not easy. I don't mean your brother-in-law.
2: Today is talking the ultimate where you can get to. Where, who, who would give you the steps?
0: Well, we're talking about the steps here.
2: Going straight to one. Yeah, when someone just punched me in the nose, how am I
0: going to go to one? No, somebody punches you in the nose, either you have to punch him back in the nose, <laughs> especially if he wants to continue to punch you in the nose, oh, or you have to run away. Why is that not a- Well, you're not going to help Shreya Sakhalin by allowing somebody to kill you. <laughs> That's not going to help Shreya Sakehla. If somebody, if somebody wants to kill... Well, Yosef didn't allow it. He, what is he supposed to do with ten? With 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 uh, nine brothers? <laughs> what is he supposed to do?
1: Uh, you, do what you can. Of course, out, you, don't get you
0: don't go to prison because you like it.
2: So, Wait after the everything is a but
0: the is true. Like is the condition of our world, which is,
1: which is
0: real. Which is real? Yeah, it's real in the post Shriya hakelam consciousness, but it's a consciousness. It's Does a perspective.
2: Has to it?
0: Every person, yeah. That's what if the point is. So Life means I'm confronting brokenness. Yeah, but that doesn't justify him doing it or telling me, stay here and get beaten up further. Fetish not. Habala hashkim Somebody comes to kill you, the Moises says, kill him first. Why? You're not promoting achdos by allowing somebody to kill you you're promoting achtos by bringing him to justice you understand what i'm saying
2: right but in the same sense
0: that's much more achtos bringing him to justice when a criminal is allowed to be a criminal that's not love that's evil winston churchill once said appeasement is feeding the crocodile in the hope that he will eat you last you tell the crocodile, here here are my children, here are my friends, here's my community, here's my mother, here's my baba, eat them up. And then you'll be eaten only in a week. That's what appeasement is. This is what he said when Chamberlain made peace with Hitler. You're not craning, achtos. Peace in our time. Give Hitler Czechoslovakia. So what happens? Now he has Czechoslovakia, and then he wants to... If you're dealing with a mensch, <laughs> fine, but when you're dealing... <laughs> And I don't mean to insult a crocodile by comparing Hitler to a crocodile. A crocodile is just trying to survive. yeah, giving Gaza away yeah giving Gaza exactly. What was their mistake? Sharon had good intentions. He was a bulldozer, he was a hawk. What did he suddenly become uh, such a He felt you give in, you give them a beautiful Gaza is very nice. it's a coastal ain't? you try yeah and what happens? it was nice. You're giving it to somebody who wants you dead. They don't want to coexist with you. They don't want half of the cake. They don't want half of the house. They don't want a million dollars. They want you. They want you dead. Huh? So when you do that, when you give in, what happens? You embolden them. So what? And they don't have a pe- one, one peaceful day from Gaza. History will prove that Israel's Oslo agreement and everything that followed it was one of the greatest uh, historic historical errors of a contemporary, democratic, modern country in the last hundred years. Yeah, my point is that it all begins, it all begins with Shri Yisakel. That's the origin, that's still very spiritual. So even a person who lives in a very pow- positive environment is confronting a Shrida. The Shrida is the sense of divine concealment, the sense that we're separate. The sense of separateness. I could probably have a Hitler in myself.
2: I'm not actually...
0: Hitler's a different level. You don't have Hitler in you. And
2: trust
0: me. He worked me. himself up. He worked hard. I mean, no, it's not... You have to be idle <laughs> <edel> with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: we, we have bad
0: stuff I once we heard from, from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, he said Lashon is not only an Isra on other people, it's also an Isra on yourself. No, but I'm... You're not allowed to speak Lush and Harder about you yourself, huh?
2: You can't put down
0: yourself. You don't speak bad about yourself. If I need to correct something, yeah, but what's this Lush and Harder?
2: I'm not saying I'm bad, but do I have the natures? If I have natures in myself and I'm not acting it, I'm fighting it, that, that doesn't mean I'm a bad Yeah, we,
0: we have a part of us that, that goes towards brokenness. They call it the entropy principle in science. The entropy principle. Right, And all of Yiddishkeit is, a, is confronting the entropy principle. The natural... Huh? Entropy. Okay, thank you. I thought you would be impressed that I even know about it. That's what I thought. Which, by the way, is the idea, right? To bring it down in very simple terms. If you have a teenage boy who's 12 years old and you clean up his room, right? The natu- <laughs> And then he comes in, the natural default is not, is not clean. When he messes up that room, it's not like, okay, in a week it's going to get cleaner on its own. It's going to get messier and, messier and messier and messier and messier. Which really, based on the entropy principle, when you look at the world and it works in such unison, doesn't really make sense unless there's somebody trying to bring it together. But in any case, so Judaism is the idea that behind the entropy principle, there is a uh, a deeper oneness that that protests that principle of disarray and
1: life is the opposite of that. Growth and life is the opposite of entropy.
0: It's echad yes. ba'aretz. It's to reveal the echad in the arets. Well, that means the person
2: who works for Sharissa Kale, you can actually become close with that person at the end at the end of the
0: time. Yeah. If you really work through it.
2: Then you only have to say that sometimes it could have been my fault.
0: It's all of that. It's it's seeing where I played a picture role in it. It's taking responsibility as well. When two people are fighting, you may have done wrong things, but I may have also made mistakes. If I cannot see that in myself there won't be healing, because I have to see where I was broken, you have to see where you were broken, and then we could come together. If I'm not ready to see that, so then I'm also remaining in a place of isolation. If I could take responsibility and say, you know, I was living with certain ideas, and they they took the better of me, and that's why I did what I did. Maybe you made some big mistakes, but I also made mistakes. And it's not a question of bigger or smaller, When both people can take responsibility and accountability without judging so much, but rather seeing what was the voice inside of me that led me down this path. There was something there that was broken. Maybe I was afraid of you. Maybe I had to protect myself. Maybe I felt I was being idealistic. Maybe I felt that this is what I have to do because my whole life I was called spineless. So I had to show that I know how to put my foot down and then I put my foot in my mouth. Whatever it is. Oh, that could,
2: Yosef, he must have also yeah. That he he, did that
0: Yosef him. took, Yosef also took accountability. Yeah.
2: Because we can't build
0: the relationship. Yeah. There's a Svas <coughs> It's a beautiful Svas Emes. says, it says in Vayesha, Vayave Yosef as <laughs> the bossum Roy Yosef brought back bad reports to his father about his children. So, what does it really mean? And he came home every night and said, "Tati, I got to speak to you." Reuven, ah, low life, this, Levi. He Came every night. Says, "Tati, let me tell you what they did today. They did they, they did this and even and this, etc." So, um, so, 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 the Sfas says something amazing. He says it's going to be relevant later to the maimer, but I'll just tell you very He says Yosef was really very unique. He was in a different realm than his brothers, and when he looked at his brothers, he it was hard for him to respect them because he was so you know when you have so, somebody who's so refined, who's so beautiful, who's so special, like a little stain, it's just it's 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 they're allergic to it. You know somebody whose body is so healthy. They eat, uh, one piece of cake and they're nauseous for a week. You know what I mean? I eat five pieces of cake. I'm not nauseous. But if your body is like so, you know what I mean? It's so edel. One little poison is, is, you're done. Not because, because, because you, you're in a good place. It says, what, what to Yosef seemed so bad, to them didn't seem bad. It's just like, Yosef. So says, and that's why Yosef had to end up in Egypt and see what's going on in Egypt. And only then did he understand that his brothers were tzaddikim. If he wouldn't have... He had to go to Mitzrayim. He had to see who his brothers are. That's what he writes, in contrast to Mitzrayim. And then he says, you know what? My brothers are actually good people. He had a paradigm shift. And he's like, wow, I never knew this. He was he was in in this holy cocoon, him and Yaakov, and and he couldn't tolerate them. He says, and in Egypt, he said, they're good people. (laughs) It's very powerful heart, huh? Okay, (laughs) that's the point. He wasn't with them, and he saw Mitzrayim. He saw Mitzrayim. You know, you see it sometimes between Jews also. They complain about this one, and this one, and this one. And they have some, you know, they're, 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 not everything is illogical. <coughs> then they go taste a different culture. <laughs> and they come back, and they're like, my family's not so bad. <laughs> my family is You know, They're not perfect. huh? Sometimes it happens with Jews, you know. The rabbi of Moscow went to Leon Trotsky. During the red the red the war of the Reds against the Whites and the Bolshevik Revolution. And he says, you know, his name was Brunstein not Trotsky. He says the Jews were suffering terribly. Leb- a Lab Label a Labelabronste became Leon Trotsky. So he said, you know, it's Jews. Well he he went to petition Trotsky to help the Jews that were suffering terrible from both sides. So Trotsky looks at him and says, I'm not Jewish anymore. I'm not Jewish, I have no no empathy for Jews. He left completely. So the rabbi of Moscow, his name was Rabbi Yaakov Maza, he looked at him and he said, that's the problem with you people. The Trotsky's make all the problems and the Bronsteins are blamed. Because his name was Bronstein. He says, the Trotsky's make the problems and the Bronstains are blamed. <laughs> and we Jews are blamed for you who is also a Jew. They're not going to blame Trotsky, they're going to blame Brunstein. So I'm saying sometimes people run away, you know, to go find this new beautiful world, and then they realize that uh, the grass on their side was maybe not perfectly green, but uh, it was not as rotten as they thought. Right? Sometimes you need to do it. Sometimes you have to leave in order to come back. That's what this Vasema says about Yasuf. It's a very interesting insight. He had to be able to tolerate their imperfections by seeing much more crass forms of imperfection. So
2: well, that's what trauma does. It brings the person back
0: to Yeah. That's it. This Vasema says just a very interesting insight why he had to go through this, because he would never be able to accept them. He just said they're not uh, they're not the real thing. And he was right. Because of his madrega, we'll see later in the Miami, he was in a different different state. He was right, but he was also wrong. Both are true. It's it's, it's always easier to connect to yourself when when you're out of your family. That's what Nochum said, of course. <laughs> you <mean you're> also
2: <laughs> being able to reach that place without this
0: Sometimes you can't. You cannot,
2: even so holy and so also.
0: No, I think that was that's the point Mr. Lam, made, that uh, the person who goes through that trauma in a way, he experiences the brokenness of life. He can't deny it anymore. He <laughs> can't just ask him Kugel and Kishka and say everything is perfect. Mm-hmm. He experiences it. Once he experiences it, so he's forced to deal with it. So what he deals with is what all of life is about. That's what he deals with. And he could become a source of healing for so many because of that. It says Yosef is the feeder of everybody. He feeds everybody. So it says in it wasn't only physical, it was also spiritual. He fed the Jewish people. He fed the world. He had something to give them. The, the ability that in a time of hunger, of devastation, of famine, you should be able to find hope. That's what Yosef gives people, physically but also emotionally. So, if he wouldn't have gone through this, you know, you're you're in. It's more of a, a cozy. You're in a cozy dream. More denial.
2: And the therapist has to have gone through with something. That's really what sheanders the wall, as opposed to I went to college. Otherwise, he doesn't understand.
0: There's a therapist who has been listening to shiurim here for a few years. A big therapist, and I asked him once what what it did, why he, what it did for him. If it changed his therapeutic practices. He says it didn't change my therapeutic practices. He was taught in school what he was taught. That's what he follows, his techniques. He says what well, it did is something much deeper. He says it changed me. He says it changed me. He says, but Mela changed everything. <laughs> therapy he does his therapy, but, and he told me, he says, when you understand yourself differently, you can understand your patients differently. Because you you only understand about your patient when you understand about yourself. You learned in school uh, all these conditions, but the real understanding of your patient comes from understanding yourself. Right? How do I understand anybody?
1: Most other people never understood themselves.
0: So he says, he says, I started to understand myself in a new way. So automatically everything about my patients is different. It was a very profound insight. So a patient who understands... His own confrontation with brokenness when his patient, who's been broken a thousand times worse than the therapist. Therapist had a normal life, sir. So. Well, maybe no therapist had mamish a normal life, right? <laughs> <laughs> they would become therapists. <laughs> yeah. Jews are either psychiatrists or psychologists or therapists, so they go to therapy. I mean, one of the... Freud was a yidla, yeah? Psychoanalysis is a Jewish thing. They say that Freud could have had a minion for and his... Uh... In his group, they do all atheists. The only guy was Carol Young. The only guy. And he was, and he was the believer in the collective unconscious. Because <laughs> he wasn't Jewish, so he didn't have a Yetzirah like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Carol Young, at the end of his life, he died in 82, I think, when did he die? Carol Young, at the end of his life, I saw an interview with him, and he writes, I have to do a sheer on this one day, he writes in the interview that Carol Young said that his entire philosophy of life about the collective unconscious is based on a teaching that he saw from the Magad of Mesrich. Yes. Yeah. Carol Jung. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you. Somebody yes, said it, said uh, it to uh, me. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> about Ayin, about Bitel, about Ayin. Yes. Carol <laughs> Jung. <laughs> Freud wouldn't say such a thing. Too Jewish. <laughs> the Magad of Mesrich
1: Moses in monotheism, that was a, a big...
0: Yeah, but his theory in Moses and Monotheism is that Moses was an Egyptian and the Jews stole him. This was part of Freud's complex of being a Jew. Viktor Frankl's complex of being a Jew. All of them. They were, they were frightened that people will accuse them of being too Jewish and psychoanalysis being a Jewish discipline. So they had to be as goyish as possible. <laughs> they didn't realize that their Jewishness came out in everything. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like your DNA. Go hide your DNA. How could the. Like, like, Karl Marx, the same thing. The worst thing for Marx is that he was a Jew. He was baptized. So you can't you can't deny your DNA. So the the point is that, you know, the, how do we get into Freud, the to talk to
1: yourself.
0: Oh. When a therapist knows himself in a different way, yeah? He knows his. it's a different relationship when the patient comes with his own trauma. It's a different reality. The techniques may be the same that he used five years ago. What you do, how you do. But the whole paradigm is different. It's a paradigm of wholeness. It's a paradigm of... I was
2: told that the first rule that they teach in psychology is that you can't use your own experience to help you for your patient... You can't
0: connect your own. I don't know. I'm not a therapist. I can't answer that. Someone, someone took
2: psychology.
0: Somebody did tell me once an interesting story, which I found very interesting. I can't verify it, so maybe it's not true. But somebody once told me that they had to go to therapy. They needed a very big professional, and the professional in this field was a non-Jew. So they asked the Lubavitcher if it's fine to go to uh, a non-Jewish uh, psychologist. So were, he was very big in the field. So he told the person, "It's fine, it's good, but the one condition: He should have a muna, that the world has a creator. That's it. And I found it very interesting. Why? Because there's a huge difference if the world at the core has meaning or at the core is a mistake. That's it. <laughs> you understand? I what will that have to do with the therapy? You're just trying to help him to get in touch with himself. I'll tell you why. Because when that's at the core of your own convictions, huh? so what's at the core of all your trauma? What's at the core of all your brokenness? Are you really broken? Because if I take this tissue, as it's, I, it's a torn tissue, sorry. <laughs> the world is just a random place, and all we're trying to do is help you navigate a random place. That's it. I want to give you the techniques to be a little happier. That's it. But essentially, essentially, we're we're broken. We're just we're just mistakes. We're just random mutations. Or at the core, or at the, now we have to bring this back together. <laughs> or 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 at the core, it's it's Baruch. So, He's <laughs> saying It fulfilled its purpose. The Tisha fulfilled its purpose. You could see the Nitzitzalaki in the Tisha yet, huh? The Rebbe Rashab was sitting once at a Fabreinin, and he was chazening over from Tanya that everything has a, a lakus in it. Yeah, And he said, I'll show you. And he started to look at the table and the cake that was there. And then he looked at the oilam and he said, he went like this, he said, You're gonna get affected by the, by the magic, not by the emiss of a mela. <laughs> you understand? Huh? You're gonna get affected by the, whatever you're gonna see, you know, uh, focus, focus. the focus, well, you're not gonna get the nekuda, the emiss of it. So mela. <laughs> so the nakuda is that, uh, it's, uh, this nakuda of, uh, of, of, so when a person could be aware of that part of himself, it's very different. Your whole relationship with your patients is different. Okay, I think we had enough for one day, or no?
2: This is the, is the
0: brief review. You see why I didn't use the word brief? I was—I saved myself from lying early in the morning.
2: Is it okay to say that without you, you can't reach the
0: wonders? Meaning, yeah, I can't reach the wonders without shveres akayim because then I'm just denying it. Well, the oneness before Shvira is a oneness that's beyond creation. It's the achdus of Hashem. But the chiddush of Bria is the oneness within creation. The oneness within Eretz. Goy ba'aretz. The oneness within Shvira. That's the chiddush. And that's what Avoides Habirurim is. What's Avoides Habirurim? Huh? What's Mitsitzis nitsy, what's a voidash birud? Mitsutis means the nikuda in every briya that is part of infinity. That's the nitsutz. First tas nitsis is. You grow up with nitsis, 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 sparks flying. Sparks are not flying. Sparks is the nikuda of ainsif in everything. That nikuda makes it part of ain soif. Birura nitsuts means identifying it. The moment you identify in yourself, first in yourself. And in a tissue, and in a cup of coffee, and in a mic, and in a dollar, and in your shirt, and in another person. It's the hardest. <laughs> in a tissue is not so hard. <laughs> the divine energy. What makes it part of Ein Seif. You're it, Birur, bir, birur. What's birur? Birur is, there you are. Don't hide. You identify it. And you bring it up, and the base and the Rage come back together. That's what it is. Davod of birur on its it starts with yourself. And in everything there's a nitsutz. In food, there's a nitsutz. That's why I have a relationship with it. What does it mean to eat with bitrahnitzots? It means to eat with a consciousness of oneness. What does it mean to eat neglecting the nitsis? It means I'm eating to get rid of my stress. <laughs> so what am I what's the food here for? The food is just to cover up my pain that I don't want to deal with. You understand? So now I take the nitzutz and I hide it a little more. That's what it says in Tanya, that when you eat with different intentions, it changes the chemistry of the food. The Alter Rebbe says, when you eat in a productive way, the food changes. And when you eat in a, he says, when you eat like in a binging, addictive way, the chemistry of the food changes, that's what he says. It goes down into a further shell, into a further clip. It was, what was the joke? What, what did the piece of steak changes? If you're sensitive to energy, it does. Because there's a nitsuds there. The potato, the tomato, the cucumber, it has a nitsuds. Either you take the nitsuds and you bring it up, or you take the nitsuds and you pour more, you pour more sand, you pour more, more shells on it. And you self the same thing. Either you take your nitsutz and you bring it out, or you say, No, I'll just cover it up more and more and more and more. You cover it up, you become more isolated, and the nitsut doesn't disappear, just gets buried a little more. Tamevin? Call up sikhala yeshlachapa. Where's the nitsutzos in Shalmaniki? Huh? Where's the nitsutzos? Shalalach labetsefah esrim shanah. Huh? Where's the Tzutzos in Chalmeneki? What's Chalmeneki? Hmm. Uh, Khamene- uh,
1: the Chmelinitsky.
0: Khamene- 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 the... Tachvetat Khamilinetsky, Bogdan Chmelinetsky, 1648 49. Yeah. Now you're going to start asking me the tough questions. You know I'm not good with that. But, 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 I'm just good with the easy questions.
1: But, but,
0: but, 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 I'm I'm you're going to ask me about the Tzutzos of Auschwitz and the Tzutzos. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I go there. I don't know about these so, uh, things. Uh, Anybody here was at the sea of Masha's? You saw the video they showed of the Holocaust yesterday, huh? The most powerful moment. Huh? I was also crying, huh? Yeah. So, uh, listen. This does not answer a lot of the mysteries of pain. Just let me tell that to you. <laughs> These are beautiful ideas, I think, uh, important ideas to live with. But they do not give an intellectual satisfying explanation to Chmolinetsky or Turkhamidei or Eichmann or Stalin or Yossel Neiman's head being, uh, chopped. My friend Yossel Neiman from, uh, from Rabbi Rattenberg's shul. You know what I mean? From the day I came to Muncie and I met Yossel Neiman in that shul, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, github b'san emesach siddashire monzi. From day one. Github b'san emesach siddashire monzi. It's <laughs> like a shemak So, you know, this, these are all, we have to remember that in the presence of such pain, there's really no words. And certainly somebody who wasn't there to start speaking about the Natsutzahs there, is I always find very inappropriate, if you know what I mean.
2: It doesn't fit with it. So live? I wasn't in Auschwitz,
0: and I wasn't in 1648, 49 I grew up in the United States of America. You know what I mean? And for supper, at steak and french fries, mm-hmm. and broccoli, and spinach, and ketchup. I'm just saying. For me, starvation is Yom Kippur. Or that there's kiddush. Nobody brought food for the kiddush. I'm saying it's just we have to understand that. So, but I saw last night at the Siam there were Auschwitz survivors there. You saw if you were there or the videos you saw, and one of them was smiling and he said he's there. He's here at the Siam Ashas with four generations: him, his child, his grandchild, and his child. And he says, that's my revenge on Hitler. So listen, it was a... But there's a takeaway. The man lost his father, his mother, his brothers, his sisters, his nephews, his nieces, his uncles, his aunts. Came out alone. There's no Hanukkah parties in the family. Now there is. But 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, there was no Hanukkah parties. Hanukkah parties with you yourself, with your own latkes. Because your wife also didn't have family. Also Auschwitz, right? Alone. People don't realize We've okay, got just a the like Bubba, Hanukkah Geld, right? A lot of us have issues with our fathers, our mothers. They didn't have fathers and mothers to have issues with. Hanukkah, you were alone. Rosh you were alone. Shabbos, you were alone. Yom Tov, you were alone. All, it was you, 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 you. You tried to make a couple of dollars. Today, in 2020, or 2020, we could say already. 2020, there's four generations. I'm saying what they had to this. But he looks and he says, my revenge from Hitler. It is a revenge. Yeah, there were ninety thousand Jews yesterday celebrating the Gemara. But uh, does that answer the question? We don't have an answer for that. You know, there's there's elements of Hashem that are just not elements. Hashem is is we speak about infinity. Part of infinity is that you can't wrap your brain around it. <laughs> Part of infinity means that my brain can't uh, understand it. I have to accept that. I have to accept that a lot of reality I just can't understand. Maybe most of it. It's a chiddish if we do understand something. (laughs) We understand that which we couldn't. So, ah, ah. Are the nitzitzes everywhere? Yeah, but you're asking the real questions of, you know, why bad things happen to good people. Uh, What should I tell you?
1: I was in a situation the other day where there was a, a person, a, a guy, who just abused me, totally abused me. You could... Oh no. Du
0: was du sich a guy abused you?
1: I was in a... a phys, uh, uh, verbally abused me. And I, and I think it was because I was Jewish. And I was sitting in a room where he was <laughs> over there and I was over here. And I was dealing with what... how I should react. I had a feeling like I wanted to, you know... Hurt him physically, and I had a feeling that I wanted to raise above it and 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 and, and, um, and be a Jew and be and be a an, and be a and be a good person and and um, and accept it in some way, like like Rev. Jacobson speaks to to grab on the infinity.
0: And it was a I was having a battle inside of myself how to deal with this real evil Listen, experience. Gandhi Gandhi was idealistic, but he was wrong. Gandhi told the Jews don't any no resistance to the Germans they tell you to leave your house leave your house and that will trigger their compassion Gandhi was idealistic but he was wrong you, you don't confuse the idealism of chiddas with uh, protecting innocent lives when they're in danger you understand what I'm saying as I tell often my liberal friends when they tell me that Hamas wants peace and Hezbollah wants peace, etc., and Israel is just a problem. I tell them and they say Hamas really every mother wants peace for her kids. They don't want their kids blowing up themselves up. And they say, you know, I completely agree with you. You are a hundred percent right, your timing is off. You are living in the Messiah's days. And when the Messiah comes, you're right. <laughs> The divine image will come out and everybody. Yeah, you are just, you're, 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 you're very messianic. You're living post Mashiach. And then you're right. Mm-hmm. You can look at any person and see godliness. I'm with you. I believe in that. <laughs> you're just ahead of your time. <laughs> They're not there yet. At this point, They want 7 million Jews in Israel dead. That's what they want. Their clip is very thick. One day, you're going to be right. So I said, I completely agree with you. It's it's a beautiful Jewish, idealistic, liberal notion that the world is one. We learn that all the time. The world is one. But if you see me as your greatest enemy and your desire is for me and my children to die, I'm living in that world. And to bring a world to a place of oneness is not by letting you do that, on the contrary. Part of oneness is fighting injustice that undermines oneness. You understand? Part of, part of oneness is waging a war against war. Waging a war against people who all they want is a world of blood. That is part of oneness. It's the sad part of it. Nobody likes war. Nobody likes violence. But it's the necessary part. There's a cancerous growth in somebody. And the doctor says, you tell the doctor, I'm a pacifist. I don't fight. I don't do surgeries. I don't take anybody out. Let's make peace. We'll give the cancer Gaza. That's what Israel did. Let's give the cancer Gaza. will give the cancer the lungs. And everybody else will be fine. You know what happens? The cancer doesn't want to be in the lungs. The cancer wants him dead. If you don't take out the cancer, you don't have a world left. (laughs) Roosevelt and Churchill didn't send a bouquet of roses to Hitler and say, love, Adolf. We have in Los Angeles anger management therapies. Come here and we'll take care of you. And let's just say, oh, that's beautiful. The war is over. Why not? Because to promote oneness, you sometimes have to extricate the cancer. Sadly, but what else is there to do? So we have to know which stage of history we're in and what relationship we're in. So this is between the guy who wants to kill you and you. When it comes to you and your wife, now you have to learn the mimer. <laughs> Unless you think your wife wants to kill you. Chas <laughs> v'shalom, not your wife. Okay, Khavra. You understand a very important distinction. Not to ex- not to confuse idealism with naivete. We're very idealistic people, but not naive. It's not just an extent. It's to bring a world to a place of oneness. You have to get. You have to fight that which is trying to fragment, f- f- fragmentize. fragmentize, and destroy that world. Mamish like a cancer. You don't want to fight, but you want the body to live. You want the organism to survive. It, it's part of choice. it's part of oneness. It's tragic, but there's nothing else to do.
1: This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at ww.theyeshiva.net slash donate.